with Long Island Local News on January 26, 2023. I'm Gianna Volpe on WLIWFM. Long Island retailers are seeing a surge in aggressive shoplifting. Shoplifters used to just swipe a few things that they actually needed. A local grocer said now they're loading their shopping carts full of toothpaste, shampoo, and other health and beauty products before scurrying out of the store, according to David Mandel, a third-generation grocer who owns eight supermarkets, including four holiday farm stores on Long Island. Quote, this is different. This is people stealing stuff that they're reselling somewhere else. It's different, a different level, he said. Tory N. Parrish reports on Newsday.com that for the first six months of 2022, there were 329 shoplifting grand larcenies in the county, a 93.5% increase from uh, the 170 in the same period in 2021, and 143.7% more than the 135 in the first six months of 2019, according to county police department records. Reports of shoplifting petty larcenies from January to June of 2022 totaled 2,560, a 15.7% increase from the uh, 2,212 incidents over the six-month period in 2021, and a 4.9% increase from the 2,440 in the first six months in 2019, according to County police data. Organized retail crime rings that sell stolen merchandise online are responsible for much of the theft. Locking up merchandise and adding security cameras are among the measures retailers are taking to combat the rise in shoplifting. Looking at Long Island schools, New York State Comptroller Thomas DiNapoli listed three Long Island school districts in varying levels of fiscal stress among 14 designated statewide yesterday. Among them, the Fishers Island School District off the North Fork, which DiNapoli noted was susceptible to fiscal stress. The Fishers Island School District teaches 58 K-12 students. Superintendent Christian Arsenal told Newsday his small island school district is in good financial position. Quote, after speaking with the Comptroller's office, we agreed some of the calculations used in determining, determining fiscal stress points can affect smaller districts differently than larger ones. We look forward to working together to implement best practices to help improve and maintain the district's sound financial conditions. And finally, Long Island's real estate market ended 2022 on a duller note than it started the year. Uh, with far fewer sales and much slower price appreciation. Jonathan LaMancha reports on Newsday.com that the number of sales dropped 25.3% on Long Island during the fourth quarter, compared with the same period in 2021, according to new data from real estate brokerage Douglas Element and appraisal firm Miller Samuel. The firms report data separately for the North and South Forks. The median sales price among Long Island homes increased 3.5%, to $590,000 during the period from October to December, compared with the same period the year before. Prices had been rising at an 8.6% clip in the fourth quarter of 2021 after several years of historically low mortgage rates. The market felt the jolt of higher rates as they more than doubled to end 2022. In the Hamptons, there were only 251 closed sales in the fourth quarter, which was 52 0.6% lower than in the same period a year ago. 
That represents the fewest sales since the second quarter of 2009. The median sales price in the Hamptons fell 6.3% year over year. Uh, During the fourth quarter, Jonathan Miller, CEO of Miller Samuel, said one factor contributing to the drop in sales is how many deals were reached in the months after the pandemic started. About 800 homes sold in the Hamptons during the fourth quarter of 2020. Quote, in the early part of the pandemic, sales in the Hamptons were disproportionately high because you had the phenomenon of people in the city moving out here. With that disproportionate demand, I think future demand was poached. Now we're experiencing the aftermath of that. The North Fork fared slightly better. The number of home sales fell 36% during the fourth quarter, while the median price increased 10.6% to $995,000 in the fourth quarter compared with a year ago. Even as, as sales have dropped off, the number of homes available to buyers is still limited. The number of listings at the end of December was 5,019 on Long Island, excluding the East End, which was the third lowest quarter in the 20 years Miller Samuel has tracked the stat. Looking at the weather in East Hampton in honor of Kasha Klimuk, Anita Boyer, and I believe Joe Pallister, joining us here in the WLIW-FM studio at the bottom of the hour to talk about the upcoming Vaudeville Diva Cabaret, I believe it's called, and a staged reading of Steel Magnolias coming this weekend at LTV Studios, looking like a partly sunny Thursday with the temperature falling to around 41 degrees by 5 p.m., breezy with a west wind, 22 to 25 miles per hour, gusts as high as 38 Partly cloudy tonight with a low around freezing. Wind chill values between 25 and 30 degrees. Breezy with a west wind, 17 to 22 miles per hour. Decreasing after midnight to 11 to 16 miles per hour. But that wind's still gusting into uh, 34 miles per hour. Right now it's 46 degrees. Keeping the vaudeville edition of the heart going with a little uh, vaudeville players here on Long Island's only Local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. And now, on with the show. Who wants to hear me sing? And who's going to help me sing? All right, then. Music maestro, please.
nice little vaudeville medley for y'all. My gal Sal in the good old summertime. Tarara boom, DA. The band played on and sweet Rosie O'Grady. Another one from Ronald Hanmer. A little skating waltz. For the ice we have not had this winter. Unless you visited the skating rink in Southampton, which is always a good time. Maria Muldar up next with Vaudeville Man from her self-titled record of 1973. And then Stefan, uh, Stefan, Stefan, Milers, Vaudeville, featuring Ernestina Jost on WLIWFM. Tell you now if you don't 
Thank you, Playlist. And our guests. For arriving at the perfect time that that track would be their intro, that was Vaudeville from Stefan Mylars featuring Ernestina Joyce. Jost? And we're here. It's the Hot Sights and Sounds segment underwritten by William Riss Gallery, leading you to the bottom of the 10 o'clock hour, unless you're listening to the replay, which means it's half past 1 a.m. And we are grateful to be with you here on the heart of the East End, Long Island's only local NPR radio station. We're talking vaudeville diva cabaret, as well as a staged reading of Steel Magnolias at LTV Studios this Saturday, Anita? Yes, this Saturday. When does it all get going? You're doing the, the Steel Magnolias reading first? Yes, uh, 6 p.m. Steel Magnolias with uh, some of the coolest humans on the East End. And Amen. it's been so fun to like work with some of our parents. Everyone involved in the staged reading is a, a parent oh. or a teacher. Well, Kasha and I are in it. And, um, and then we've got... Chrissy Filippa, Alora DiCarlo, Cooper, and um, Rachel Feldman, Nikki Seitz, and us. Okay. Well, I guess Nikki isn't a parent. No, she's actually a student. <laughs> but she's replacing, um, it was originally going to be Katie Shrek, who is a, a parent. Epic film, unbelievable acting, writing is mind blowingly good, as well as the acting. Who is Miss Weeza? Oh, that's me. Anita! Oh, my oh, God. Me. All right, and, and what about Clary? Is that you? Me. We play, oh, we play yeah. the old biddies. You know, it's like, all right, so I got I have to confess, Steel Magnolias, the first time I saw it was uh, two nights ago to prepare for this interview. Oh, a cool. classic. There's a lot of classics that I intentionally didn't watch growing up because I wanted to see it with my person one day. Oh. It was like this weird wow. romantic It's great playing thing. on your part. I love that. Well, you know, I, and I did you? Did you? I, oh my God. First of all, <laughs> I, I want to say like, screw you guys, because that was like, <laughs> what did you do to me? That was a yeah. heartbreaking yeah. film about the really the depths of a mother's love. Yeah. And it was really hard because then my grandfather died the next morning. Oh my god! And I'm he so was sorry. diabetic. Oh my god! And it was, and wow. but it was a heart event. So it was all just like I was in shock all day yesterday, and it was like all of the things. Yeah, I feel like if if me or one of my siblings should go before my mother's time, that would be her. Uh, oh, you know, yeah, just to spoil. Uh, the movie for all of you out there. I just realized I did that. No, I mean, not I really. I mean, if you just something's been out for like you know, over a decade, and, and like yeah. you, and you also, I will say, uh, if you've got any sense about film, you smell it coming. Oh yeah, from pretty early on. They they start alluding to it like on page two. Like it's it's coming. Blush and bashful. Yep. The two pinks of her pink is my signature color. Mm-hmm. So who plays Shelby? Chrissy Filippa. Okay. Yeah, and she does a phenomenal job. It, it's it's so fun because like we've never seen her act outside of like our like improv. Yeah, and shows and, that we've created. Like a, we've never seen a staged play with her. What a yeah. beautiful bonding experience between y'all and the parents of the kids. It really is. It, it's been a lot of fun. I I I'm like speechless. It's it's really been so much better than. 
I could have imagined. I thought it would be an added stress. I, like when we first decided to do it, I was like, oh, this will be so cool. And then we got the scripts and I was like, what? Have I done? Like, yes. We're this also was an busy. epic. Well, and it's also it's an epic undertaking, and it's emotionally a lot. Yeah. How many times did you read through this thing? We've had four rehearsals. Holy yeah, holy. three or four. Yeah. 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 And then we have another one tonight. No, tomorrow. No, tomorrow. Like a dress rehearsal. Yeah. Are you going to be drum? Um, no, I'm Drum's directing. Drum's not in You're, it. Oh, yeah, drum, in the play. Just six women. It. Just six women. Which we directing. love because there's not enough shows that just feature. Women. Yeah. yeah, there's no male roles in it, and Joe is our fearless leader directing it's us. It's my directorial debut. Yeah, it's really like really a exciting. beautiful, a beautiful choice, and like, <clears throat> excuse me, like feminist choice, and very cool for you to have your directorial debut. Yeah, being a stage reading of uh, Steel Magnolias. Let's let's switch over a little bit. I didn't even know about the vaudeville diva cabaret. Until oh, yeah. just the other night, and put together the vaudeville uh, playlist just to honor it. Tell me everything. What's uh, coming? It's going to be right after the uh, stage reading at eight p.m., featuring the Siren Sisters, which is the name of the trio. Uh, Rafa Show, uh, Miss Nina, and Rusty Nails are three drag queens, which are Danny Zemo, um, John Messina, and Robbie Vol- Volkel. I gotta say that right. <laughs> I'm sorry if I didn't. Um, and then featuring some professional singers, Lucy Caracappa, Kristen Palakis, some of our student dancers. Anita's gonna tap. We're gonna give a little September um, flashback. Oh, yeah. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I appreciate this so much, especially a celebration of drag when there are states in the country looking to ban it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We feel we've been doing. And supporting drag and yes, female impersonation since we've met Danny in 2010, 2011. And, um, Is Danny who I saw at the um, show that you had on the water some That was ago? Robert, actually. Okay. Oh, oh the, yeah. the brunch? Oh, my God. The drag God. brunch yes. was Robert. Yeah. We, yeah. And you know, he, we, we get to see him today. Yeah, he's, he's actually in town. In town. That was Naomi, the crown jewel of the Hamptons, another one of our drag queens. But he's been away for a little bit. What um, a studying. performance. Yeah. yeah. They're all incredible. And we we like you were saying, like now more than ever, it feels really important yeah, um, to be giving a safe space for them to all express themselves because it's all art. Mm-hmm. And I actually had a really um, great conversation with a student. Um, one of my students at East Hampton High School was uh, asked if she could interview me because she's doing a, a paper where she has to like argue a point and she has chosen the point can drag be family friendly and her argument oh, is absolutely yes. and i was like well first of all good good job for choosing the right <laughs> answer yes it goes again and you know we just uh she was asking kind of how we got started in the history with with our relationship with drag and female impersonation and like how can it be family friendly and i was like well are there versions that maybe you shouldn't take your six or seven year old to for sure, it's the you same know? with it's the same with stand-up comedy. Stand-up exactly. comedy, yeah, and movies. movies. There are rated movies, music. right? So you're with not going to take a child to right. every with different art exhibitions and galleries. Like in every genre of art, there are like 
There are types that push the envelope and maybe are for more of an adult audience that absolutely deserve to exist and have their space and and be allowed to express themselves. Um, And then there's versions that are accessible to everyone. And we shouldn't be like, what, should all movies be banned because porn exists? Like, come on. Or rated R movie exists. So drag in itself is not uh, something that is 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 age anything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a really tough time. I, I was just recently, I very rarely feed the trolls. In fact, I, I <laughs> and yeah. it's something that Anita, I have to applaud you on because I've seen you really step up uh, and say the uncomfortable thing that needs to be said in many a conversation online. And I very rarely do that. And I I did it recently, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was more. I knew I was going into the lion's den, as it were. <laughs> you have to I go knew, in expecting knew, to yes, get chewed I, up and spat back out. Especially because I it, it was it was in a in a world in a, in a realm <laughs> where uh, opinions that I certainly don't jibe with were the the norm there, mm-hmm. and um, it was about trans and non-binary people. And I, I brought I brought up very politely the fact that, you know, in 2021 was the deadliest year for trans and non-binary mm. folk. Mm-hmm. And I was just saying, you know, I hope that you will open your heart and your mind to accepting, protecting people that don't fit within your, uh, you know, static idea of what gender should be yeah. or is. Um, it's so it's so unbelievably important, and it's something that I was quiet about for a long time. I was trans in high school, and you know I used the boys' room in two thousand and three. This was a long time before that conversation even became a thing, and I was very vocal. And I sort of quieted down. I think moving out here to Long Island, you yeah, know, Long Island's be- very conservative. Well, and I and I, I'm new. I don't have family here, so you know I was. In a place where, to be considered local, you have to have blood three <laughs> generations, four hundred years. Yes. Yes. Matt, come on! So yeah. it, took a, it took a while. If you didn't start on a potato farm. <laughs> you did not come from Amen. here. <laughs> so it was something that I remember a, a friend of mine at one point. She accused me of going back into the closet, and that was the moment that I. I started becoming thoughtful about have I closed myself off from talking about these important topics too much? And I've really been practicing stepping back into my power again. Mm. And Anita, you are such a great role model for that. I just want to say thank you. Wow. Thank you. Hey, no I'm, problem. I'm so glad. <laughs> that's uh, our whole that's our whole mission with our fabulous variety show. And we I had a class yesterday and we're working on some dances for our upcoming Neverlanded show that's in March. And um, we're doing a dance to Born This Way. And I just I had to stop them when we got to this lyric, there's nothing wrong with loving who you are. And I went through and it's a class full of eight, nine, ten year olds, and I had them each tell me something about them. And I was like, that that makes you you and you know, like love that part about you i was like what's something that you feel like shy about and like no scream it out you know because there's nothing wrong with loving exactly who you are right here right now don't no changes no resolutions no fixes just you it's perfect and and to those kids that feel marginalized in one way or another by who they are how they identify that's something that without saying 
it is making them feel seen and and safe. And it's just so unbelievably important. I know someone was shying away from the use of of safe safe space. I guess it's something that uh, maybe the, another side is like attacking or or what whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, I will never stop saying safe spaces yeah. are so unbelievably important especially out here like you were mentioning kasha yeah i think the that word has gotten warped in the last few years and it's really just about why do you think that is uh, politics Mm. and people just being ignorant Mm. um for us it's just about a judgment-free zone and that anybody is welcome in our space when you come into it it's going to be positive it's going to be supportive that's what ofes is all about you know and for us that's so so important And I think people hear safe space and they think of, oh, you're too sensitive. You're Mm. so sensitive. Like, you can't handle what I'm saying. And it's not about that And also, sensitivity is a a superpower. Exactly. What's wrong with being sensitive, right? What's wrong with being emotional or sad or happy or angry? I feel like a lot of that has gotten warped in our world. My grandfather was big. uh, Apparently, he, he says the men in the Volpe family cry. They, they feel their emotions and they show it. I am here to say there is not only nothing wrong with crying, but it's so incredibly healthy. It really mm-hmm. is. You know, it keeps it keeps that stuff, all the stuff that is toxic or can be toxic down the line, it lets it out in a physical way. Yeah. You know? Really, it's a good release sometimes. Joe cries yeah. all the time. Yeah. Amen. That's true. Especially we when we're at Disney World. <laughs> Both of us. <laughs> messes. Wait, so, so what is it? What did I want to ask you about? What's the secret club in Disney World? Club 33. Okay, tell me more. Oh, I wish I could. I, I you sadly are... am not a member. It's like wicked expensive. What did and... I see? I saw some weird video that was like a hack where the people were like, please let me in or something. And you do it to like bibbidi bobbidi boo or something. And it's Oh, like it's a, like a secret pass- it's like password? It's like a I don't know if it works. I just works. know John Stamos goes there a lot. <laughs> Does he? And brings lots of friends. I don't know. I've heard oh that. Oh, my gosh. And then there was, like, there was a member of Club 33 that, like, mucked it all up because he was, like, sort of kind of selling, like, oh, admission. No. And oh. he, so, so many people over the years. It was kind of, it was really an interesting read. And I, wow. I sort of went down a rabbit hole there. <laughs> And wow. thought of you the whole time. Thought of you so much that I I attributed it to you subconsciously. <laughs> Talk love about that. your love for Disney World and where how it started. Um, my grandpa worked at Disneyland. He did upholstery and furniture design. And um, there are still some pieces that he made that are in Disneyland. And whenever we go, we... we we see them. We'll be there again this summer. Um, and then my mom worked there when she was in high school. Like they, their house was less than a mile away from Disneyland. We could watch the fireworks from Aww. their front lawn. Um, my mom got to be in a parade, the bicentennial parade for the Emperor of Japan. Whoa! And she still has like a piece of the float. I think she has the American flag that like flew on the float from that she was in. And we just always, whenever we went to California, I didn't know anything existed in California. California. I'm actually not entirely sure anything else is in California except for Disneyland. <laughs> There's stuff, I promise. There's stuff. Okay, well, I haven't seen it, but um, that's such a New York thing, right? <laughs> I remember when I went to school in the Midwest, and anytime I would come home and say, and they, the, it's, every different person would say a different state, which was not the state <laughs> where I went to school. 
Because when you live on the East Coast, that's really all there is. There's there's California. And New York. There's Texas. <laughs> there's us. And then there's the Midwest. And that's, Florida. That's, that's like every... And mm-hmm. Florida. Yeah. And it's really California, New York. It's like Coke and Pepsi. Yes. <laughs> Wait, so who's Pepsi? Oh. California. California. Really? Yeah. We're the better one. <laughs> although, Just kidding. Although I think... We're going to get canceled. Do you have... You think Pepsi's better than Coke? No, no, no. I'm saying New York is Coke oh. and Coke is better than Pepsi. I, I, but I what? like both. Growing up, I was a Pepsi kid and then Ooh. I'm becoming a Coke person as I grow older. And then it's like, as a kid, I was a Snickers person and I'm becoming a Milky Way person growing oh. older. I wonder if it has to do with like sugar content or oh, something. Maybe. Wow. I like Snickers and Milky Way. Why not have Agreed. both? Yeah. yeah. Why do we have yeah. two? <laughs> Let's have a Snickers way right after this segment. Snickers way. So just to take a complete left, Joe, your directorial debut, talk about what it was like for you. Uh, it was terrifying. <laughs> but everyone, Steel Magnolias, is that's that's a, an epic first. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a heavy, heavy bite to take. Yes. Um, but everyone is just so, so talented. And I just follow Anita and Kasha's lead. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a a great uh, a great experience to walk in the room and just have everyone be so ready and so game to to dive in and and explore all the all the different themes and it's such a powerful piece so really? i don't want to say it's easy to direct it but it kind of directs itself especially when you have people who are so good that if, they just take it to, to the right place. Yeah, if you haven't seen it if you haven't seen the film don't watch it before this weekend and make the reading your first time because if you watch it now you might not be able to handle seeing the reading of a couple it's days true. later yeah i've never seen the film oh my gosh so it's I was, I haven't although even. it me neither and i you, won't until after want, saturday yes, we will, until we will. After yeah, saturday. we have to have a viewing party after i didn't want it to affect my accent <laughs> i wanted to find my own <laughs> have you been speaking in an accent for you know weeks now? you know i told joe that i really wanted to Daniel Day Lewis. This I wanted to be Weezer the whole time, ever since we started. And he was like, "I don't know, honey. You're always in a bad mood." I've been in a bad mood for forty years. That's what you know. That's some. That's why Joe cries. Now you know. Yeah. All right. So this was the hot set, sights and sounds segment, underwritten by William Riss Gallery, and it was an honor to share the mics with Anita Boyer, Kasha Klemuk and Joe Pallister ahead of the Steel Magnolias staged reading, followed by the uh, vaudeville diva cabaret at LTV Studios this Saturday, ltveh.org, if you want more information. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Anita, Kasha, and Joe. This is the new vaudeville band, and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome, and you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Thank you. 
Chester Cathedral The armor ringing me down You stood and you watched as My baby left home You could have done something But you didn't try You didn't do nothing You let her walk by Now everyone knows Just how much I needed that girl She wouldn't have gone far away If only you'd started ringing your bell Oh, in Chester Cathedral You're bringing me down You stood and you watched as My baby left home A belly elder A belly elder A belly elder
little night at the vaudeville show op baron after tortured evans honky-tonk now vaudeville when it rains it pours from the devil's knocking vaudeville uh vaudeville record of 29 2009 here on wliwfm when it rains it pours fill my bucket of some more oh the nights are restless the days are long with all of these things to do it's troubling how all these tasks keep on piling on top of you I just want to say a very quick and deep thank you to all of our guests this morning, David Morrison, Anita Boyer, Kasha Klimuk, and Joe Pallister, as well as our underwriters, Greenhill Kitchen and William Riss Gallery. I'm Gianna Volpe, and this is the Vaudeville edition of The Heart, Billy Golden and the Empire Vaudeville Company right now with a scene on the levee recorded in 1921, Vaudeville Etiquette's O on deck after that. I'm Gianna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome, and you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM 88.3 on the FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9 in central and western Suffolk County, of course, streaming online to wherever you are at WLIW.org slash radio. Oh, the 
that singing. Give me them dice. Two dollars. Two dollars. Yes, son. Here she goes. Ten for left. And your point. I know ten for point. Come ten. Come ten. Don't betray me. Don't betray me. Oh, Lord, if I get him this time, I'll buy him a gal a new dress. Yeah, here. Stop that crap game and start loading this cotton. Do you hear me? All right, boss. Roll that cotton. Roll that cotton. Oh, all right. So it's historic and all, but I'm hopping over it. I'm going to lead you into the NPR news break with vaudeville etiquette and a little Peter Frampton vaudeville nana and the banjo Lee banjo. I'm not pronouncing that right here on WLIWFM. Only birds 
vaudeville etiquette. An artist I hadn't heard before putting together the vaudeville edition of The Heart for you, leading you into the NPR news break with a little Peter Frampton, with a little, little note. Thank you, Mr. Churchill, from the heart of the East End on WLI-WFM.